0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Crosstown Chatter Podcast. My name is Michael Deacon, lifelong White Sox fan. I am the co-host of this podcast, and sitting next to me is the host and creator of this podcast and also president of the Kyle Hendricks Fan Club, Mr. Jack McGrath. How's it going, Mike? I'm ready
1: for episode two. I don't know about you.
0: Good news. We got renewed. and We're ready for episode two. We got picked up. Also, be sure to check us out on our new Twitter page, the Crosstown Chatter Podcast, at Xtown Chatter. That's at Town Chatter.
1: All right, so what do you want to kick off
0: with today, Mike? All right, well, I think that we should start off by talking about the ups and downs that is the two starts of Lucas Giolito. Yeah. That's... And quite a roller coaster ride that was, uh... especially one that starts off with a dip and then goes up, right?
1: Yeah, first first uh first start for Giolito going 3.2 innings, giving up 6 hits, 7 earned runs, 3 walks and 3 strikeouts with two home runs given to bring him on a hefty ERA of 17.18. 17
0: 18 and this was very much 18 for Giolito and I mean 2018 when he still did lead the White Sox in wins but with a 10 and 13 record I believe. But, yeah, it was not a good outing for Giolito. It's worth noting that Barrios didn't have the best outing either, giving up seven hits and five runs in four innings. As it was definitely a very offensive game. For sure. I Kepler believe that, that
1: twin series was the only time I think a series opened up three games in a row that had ten, 10 runs, runs scored for the Victor. For the Victor.
0: Okay.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, Giolito came out. He. I mean, Fell apart. I'm looking at everyone who got hits off them. How about Cruz? Nelson Cruz. Nelson, yeah, Nelson Cruz, Cruz had, Cruz had the White Sox that entire series.
0: Yeah. I don't think I'll ever forget. Uh, last July, July 25th, 2019, the Sox played the Twins at home in Chicago, and Nelson Cruz hit three homers. That's the first time I ever see, saw somebody hit three homers in one game. And I was sitting in left in left center, too, so almost every single ball was flying over my head, and that's something I'll never forget. <laughs> and as you can see, Cruz is it, still proving that he can do it yeah. at the age of 40, too. Um, 40 I mean, well. and
1: then, but thankfully, Giolito, he came back. He brought it back together. Uh, he did a, a second time through against the Indians. Six innings pitched, four hit, four hits, two walks, and
0: six strikeouts, and he brought that ERA down by 11 Eleven runs exactly. there. Exactly, yeah. Still six fifty two and it was quite a bummer that he did not get the win. I'm I sorry for the pun. There. I understand if this might be my last show.
1: Uh this the the Sox did pretty well in this uh um this game against the Indians, which is not something they can be saying. I mean, that offense showed up for that second uh twins game. And that was the only time and I mean you had a little bit of a go ahead at and one of the games but the the Sox just couldn't figure out the offense they figured it out for one game and then the doubleheader against the Indians they just fell and apart that not and that a was and they watch. and they had all the chances i remember i was watching the game the first game and i think they left two bases loaded situations going they they just did not have it against the Indians that exactly. day and they finally pulled out that last game
0: Hopefully they can look to pick it up uh, to the not so great Royals this upcoming week. Exactly, and you know it all starts with, with uh, momentum, and like once they start winning and once they start having confidence mm-hmm. in themselves, I think this team still has a chance to pull it out and maybe go fifty six and four. Oh yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, I mean it's that that's some. I know that is that's a slim hope, yeah. that's some dreaming. Yeah, but uh, it's hopefully they can figure it out, and um, that which. Something I think that will help is, what is Ricky Renteria doing Ricky's with these? Ricky, boys line- don't quit. Yeah, exactly. What, what is he doing with the lineups?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm not really quite sure why he decided to slide Nicky Delmonico right into Aloy Jimenez's slot, fifth or sixth lineup slot. Like as soon as Jimenez got hurt.
1: Yeah, um, I mean he went into the sixth spot, then he moved up to the slim six, right two in, spot. In the two spot, and that then might, might have been down to because my But like. So Monaco is not your top four, or top five exactly. hitting guy on this team. I mean, even if it's for a game or two, why don't you move Luis Robert up to fill that that Illoy spot?
0: Yeah, I think eventually the, uh, Luis Robert is, is, is going to be moved up. I think right now they're still kind of nervous about putting too much pressure on him. I mean, of course, um, you know, there's pressure in every single game, especially in a 60-game season. Um, I could see maybe him getting moved up maybe halfway through the year if the Sox are contending and if Robert is still performing the way that he's performing. Um, it's worth noting that at one time, Nicky Delmonico was an on-base threat, on-base percentage threat, but that was a few years ago and for a short stretch of the season. Uh, yeah,
1: it's, it's just not looking good for Nicky, and once once Nick Madrigal comes out, it's going to be far and few between uh, some starts for him. Exactly. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, Looking at the White Sox schedule going ahead, you guys got Kansas City uh, the weekend of the first, the Brewers, which Milwaukee, is going to be a tough. Yeah.
0: And tough I'll tell you one. what, they'll definitely have some North Side of Chicago support against that series, um, that series. And then
1: you guys go back to Cleveland, where, like I said before, you guys struggled a little bit. The um, They 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 got some pitching figured out out there. I know they their bullpen
0: has been lights out. Um. And of course, after Cleveland, they're facing the 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 next emerging threat in the AL Central, the Detroit Tigers, (laughs) off to a four and two start this season. Somehow, (laughs) somehow against the Royals and against the Royals, yeah, of course, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, and
1: whoever else. But anyways, let's. But that lineup. Back to it. I'm sorry, we got a little sidetracked there. Um, I I asked you beforehand uh, to write up what you would like to see the White Sox lineup be, and I wrote up what I think it should be. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go first. All right, uh, go
0: ahead. I do like your lineup.
1: I, a good I in the spirit of the 60-game series and going off for it, I started off with Luis Robert leading off, followed by Yohan Mancata and Tim Anderson to hopefully load those bases up. Um... Luis Robert, he's just got a good approach at the plate. Same with Johan Moncada. Tim Anderson, yes, he's a good leadoff hitter, but he only hits. He doesn't take his walks.
0: And he's it's in a, the three hole for you too.
1: Yeah, and so that you're you're looking for him to drive some guys in worst case scenario. Um, then you got Edwin Encarnacion uh, staying in his number four spot with Yasmani staying in his five spot. Feels weird putting Jose Abreu in the sixth spot, but like I I can't find somewhere else.
0: Gotta show some more respect for this guy.
1: Um, hopefully this (laughs) later in the lineup, uh, gets things going. Put Eloy in the seventh spot, which again it feels weird putting him that low, but I I like having that top four, top five, um, and then rounding it off with Laurie Garcia, and then Adam Engel Mend. Mendick and Nick Madrigal. Nick Madrigal.
0: Hopefully, what? he's probably gonna come up sooner or yeah, later. That's
1: hopeful. I know he's. They're going. The Sox are going for that service time. Exactly. Uh, what, well, what's Larry your lineup Gar- looking like? My line
0: lineup um, for now. I was thinking something like how the Sox would line up towards the end of 2019, because it seemed like they were kind of gathering some steam with that lineup. I actually put Larry, Larry Garcia batting leadoff at second. Again, until Nick Magrillo comes up or if Danny Mendick starts hitting well. Um, number two, Tim Anderson, shortstop. He won a batting title, batting second last season. So hopefully he gets those singles, doubles. Uh, hopefully he starts to walk a little bit more. He's only walked one time this year so far, of course, in only six games. Uh, batting third, Abreu, of course, at first base. Fourth, I have Mancada. Because, like I said, in 2019, Mancada hit pretty well from the cleanup spot, cleanup spot when he was healthy. Fifth, Aloy Jimenez. He is hitting 364 on the year. Only one homer, but he does have that power. So I do like having, you know, probably the, the, the strongest hitter in the lineup, batting fifth. Sixth, Grandal, because also you kind of want that righty-lefty. Um, and he hasn't really gotten off to the best start. And in seventh, Robert... Because, again, like I, you know, eventually I do want him higher up in the lineup, but I still don't want that pressure on him, at least not until maybe like 20 or 30 games into the year, especially if he's still performing the way he's performing. Eighth Encarnacion, which that does feel like I'm doing. Edwin kind of dirty just by batting him so low, but also he is only batting 105 on the year and 150 on base. He has, he has the one homer but only two hits for 19 at-bats. So hopefully he can get going a little bit more. And a ninth Angle or whoever is out in right field. Hopefully Mazzara comes back soon too. But for for now, Angle and right, because Angle has good defense and you want that defense.
1: Yeah, so uh that's interesting, especially with Lori leading off with this lineup and yeah, I know was, something. Something I'm realizing now I forgot to consider lefty righty matchups for which is ever more important this season as you're seeing now is you gotta worry about those pitchers facing three guys. If you line up three lefties, then you're handing it to Then that's it right <laughs> there. Yeah.
0: Which I mean, it's worth though. Like for the Cubs, Cubs have it down almost perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like pretty much any way or like how they set their lineup now, it's almost perfect. Rated right, lefty,
1: to lefty. I know the lineup that they had set for tonight. uh the rainout in Cincinnati to round off the series. It it, it was perfect. perfect. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm pulling it up here. It's, it's
0: hard not to have a perfect lineup with them. And the Sox, the Sox do as well depending on how you line them up. Like I you know in the lineup I had, I think you have a stretch where there's like two, right, two righties in a row twice. So the
1: lineup for the Cubs looking today was supposed to be Chris Bryant, righty, Anthony Rizzo, lefty, Javi Baez, righty, Kyle Schwarber, lefty, Wilson Contreras, righty, who was going to be in the DH since it was uh, U Darvish uh, pitching today, mm-hmm. uh, Jason Hayward, left, Victor Carantini, switch hitter, Nico Horner, righty, Ian Happ switch hitter to go right back up to Chris exactly. Ryan. That is, yeah. that is perfect. I know that, that switch is. hitter in that nine hole, righty lefty, righty lefty, all the way through the uh, entire. A game. A manager's
0: dream, a manager's nightmare. <laughs> <The opposing laughs> are, manager's nightmare. Yeah, it depends on which side you're looking. I know, at exactly, that. manager's dream and nightmare. From
1: uh, since side. we're on the Cubs now, let's let's talk about that beautiful game that uh, Kyle Hendricks has put on for us. Uh, complete game, three-hitter. All, um, I believe it was Orlando Arcia got all three exactly. hits. Exactly, yeah. And the rest of the team the bullpen went over. Quite the day off. Um, what a beautiful, beautiful game by Hendricks. I remember watching the game, and by the third inning, I was sitting there and I was like, this this guy's <laughs> going the distance today. We might see a Maddox. Yeah. Well,
0: uh, I mean, he definitely has his ups and downs, much like the ace on the south side. But also Hendricks did have that down against the Reds, four innings, seven hits, six earned runs,
1: which is a little rough, um, and that's just some bullpen management because I believe uh, Hendricks left a couple guys stranded when he left, mm-hmm. um, and Rex Brothers came in and did not do well, and that's that's the whole bullpen issue, which I can we can get into a little bit later, mm-hmm. um, but and then. I mean, it wasn't a great second start, but Hendricks has also been known to be a better pitcher at Wrigley.
0: Exactly. And uh,
1: I would look for his next start. Um, I'd have to look at their schedule, but if they're at Wrigley, you better believe he's probably going to be on again because I'm sure he was not happy with the, how he performed either.
0: Especially in that game. Um, also, that game what might have been a little bit of a re- revenge game for Nicholas Castellanos. Oh, yeah. For going two for three with four RBIs.
1: Uh, Nick Castellanos definitely had himself a series against the Cubs. Uh, I know he was all over Alec Mills when he started pitching. Um, he, he, I wish the Cubs signed him. I don't I care, don't care know, if we don't uh, have a spot it, in outfield for him.
0: If anything, like <laughs> I said, this was definitely a revenge game. Uh, hey, you know what, Theo, you should have signed me back. Um, Especially with, like with Steven Souza Jr. only going over one pinch hit attempt. And you know who's been least... real
1: hot and it's been pleasant to see is david Bodie. david Bodie, yeah uh, batting 500 on base percentage of 583 slugging of 1200 uh he's he's been looking pretty pretty on fire five hit 5 for 10 um two runs five RBIs two home runs and those those home runs he hit weren't cheapos either uh yeah. he's so, he's been crushing the ball every time he hits it
0: so can David Bowie will himself and perform himself into the starting lineup?
1: Uh, if he does, you're going to look at him as uh, kind of what Ben Zobrist looked like in 1718, where he doesn't have a set position or even Javi Baez in those couple around. of years. He just floats around to whoever needs the off day. Okay. Um, I doubt he'll find his way in. Um, also, plus performances, you've got uh, Jason Horner Kipnis, like do I do. said last time, and Nico Horner, they're... All of them, they're hitting well, and these are guys I was saying you got to look out for and be ready for because if they're playing, they're playing well. well. Um Cubs
0: definitely have great versatility, great bench.
1: Now the thing they don't have a great thing is that that bullpen. It's the bullpen, yeah, the bullpen needs some work. Uh, sure. You have Dylan Maples being sent back down. All the the man that I dream on, that slider can be so nasty, but the guy can't throw for strikes. I believe he walked walked three and gave up a hit right after that. He was just awful. Awful. Walked four, I'm sorry. And recorded no outs.
0: And recorded no outs. No There's outs.
1: Four straight walks. Um, you have plus performances from, like, Casey Sadler, uh, Rowan Wick. You can trust him. Uh, Jeremy Jeffress, probably the new closer. But after that, uh, you're hoping Brad Week Gets back from uh, his injury. Ryan Tapera's flashed some decent stuff, and he's also gave up a couple bombs like Casey Sadler. Um, Craig Kimbrell could Craig not Kimbrell. find the strike zone either.
0: Yeah, exactly. He got himself into some trouble in that game against the Reds. And he stayed was in it, like, way too long. Three straight walks. Too. Or four yeah. straight
1: walks. He he stayed in way too long. Um, I remember watching David Kaplan tweet the entire time I was listening to the game, and I was about to scream in my house yeah that
0: was probably some very i don't want to say vulgar <laughs> tweets but you could definitely feel some anger in there i'm mm-hmm, sure
1: mm-hmm. um but yeah this this bullpen's really got to figure it out we've had the benefit of uh some major run scoring but it's 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 not gonna hold out forever you're gonna have to
0: win those one two ball, run ball games um now, is is it worth noting the bright spot in the Cubs bullpen in, in the form of their new closer Jeremy Jeffress?
1: Yeah, like I said before, he's he's looking good. I forgot to mention Dwayne Underwood Jr. is flash good. Uh, Kyle Ryan makes me a little nervous, but he's he's getting the work done.
0: One of three Cubs relievers who has not allowed a, who has not allowed a run. Mm-hmm. Ryan Jeffress and then Rowan Whip.
1: Yeah, thank God for Jeffress coming in with I think it was one out in that game that Kimbrel had. Mm-hmm. closing it out and with bases loaded no one wants to be walked into that situation but i mean jeffress was fantastic for milwaukee when yeah, he was there
0: he had 27 saves for them during the 2016 campaign and then there was 2018 when he came back in uh for when Corey niebel got hurt mm-hmm. and recorded 15 saves with a 129 ERA. That, so that year he, said, he was he competing with
1: hayward so he, he can do it it's about him staying healthy um last pitching note for the Cubs is Yu Darvish. Everyone was a little upset after Kyle Hendricks' gem that Yu Darvish came in and didn't have himself the greatest the game known to man. Um, four innings pitched, six hits, three earned runs, which it's not great, but I remember I saw an interview after he, he felt pretty good about the game. That man's all confidence and staying out of his head. Um, he said he's still just figuring some stuff out, trying to get the feel, seeing what he's throwing well this year out of his 11 pitches that he has. 11
0: pitches,
1: yeah. Um, just seeing what he can throw and what he can throw for strikes. I was watching uh something again. I believe it was Ryan Dempster was talking about how to attack this Cubs lineup. If he throws a first-pitch strike, batters are held to 165 batting average. If he throws a first-pitch ball, it's up at like a 365 batting average. So for average. him, the
0: key is... First pitch strike. Otherwise, he's in trouble. Um, and how about John Lester in his last start? No hitter after yeah, five, five, right?
1: Uh, I think so he's they pulled him at 75 pitches. Yeah. Which slow I thought was ramp. a little early, but, but he is 36. He's, so he he did a slow careful. ramp up, so I was I was okay with that. Um, too bad the game exploded after that. Yeah, <laughs> because
0: of that bullpen, like you mentioned.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the Cubs are they're looking good. Um, starting pitching's looking good. Alec Mills, I want to give that guy a shout out. Mm-hmm. Six inning pitch, made the Reds look silly. Yeah. He is um, your except, boy, except, except, second with the Hendricks. <laughs> yeah, uh, except for Nick Castellanos, who had his name. Exactly,
0: and Castellanos was playing for a lot more than just winning the game.
1: Yeah, so like um, I say, revenge game. But I mean, he he looked good. He was giving up mostly. Soft contact. Uh loved love seeing what he can do. He's he's the same age as Hendricks, actually. In case you didn't know yeah. that. He just had a longer track up to the majors. But uh or two years younger. Two I'm years sorry.
0: younger, yeah. Essentially the same thing. Yeah. But like, very close to the same age.
1: You don't see too many starting pitchers come out at age twenty eight from the minors. <laughs>
0: exactly, right?
1: Yeah. Um almost other than borderline
0: that, Dennis Quaid in, in the rookie. I mean, not quite, you know, obviously he was, what, forty-two year, 46 years old. But. Mm-hmm.
1: Moving back to the White Sox, um, I want to talk a little bit of their starting pitching and how that has looked. Um, we already two went over Giolito. Um, Keiko came in and he, he threw a decent game, 5.1 innings pitch, three hits, two earned runs.
0: Just setting the tone for the squad, proving um, that he is going to be one of the leaders and one of the guys to look up to. And then you get into the mess that is Carlos
1: Rodon, uh, Dylan Cease, and Reynaldo Lopez, yeah. who became injured but without letting up some damage in his point two innings pitch. Just,
0: yeah, couldn't even get the third out. I mean, as, as much as it pains me to say this, Ronaldo Lopez has not really had a great season as of yet in his career. I mean, 2018, he was just under four ERA. Uh but yeah, I don't know. I I think he's like borderline. I don't want to say bust, but it does make me nervous. Like he he's really gotta turn some stuff around.
1: Yeah, he I mean, um with this short season, I don't think you have much room to, to he play might around. he might get one more start after he comes off the IL, but Gio Gonzalez is the next man up and you're you don't even know what you're gonna be getting from him either. He came out and threw uh well looks here 3.2 six winnings runs. and gave up 6 runs like it's and that's that's something I know I talked about in the first podcast this, this White Sox needs to needs to have the pitching cuz we all know the offense is there. The offense is, the, is there for sure. Is the pitching going to be there to back them up?
0: And and pitching wins championships. Mm-hmm. Defense wins championships. As you, as you saw last year the Nationals had Scherzer, they had Patrick Corbin and of course they had Strasburg and in the Astros they had Garrett Cole, they had Justin Verlander, they trade for Granke late in the season. So pitching will drive you through the playoffs. Of
1: course, and that that's going to be even more important this year, figuring out what you have as fast as you can. The team that's going to win this year is going to be the team that stays the healthiest and follows all the protocols, and then a team that has the pitching, because yeah. pitchers are dropping like flies right now. Justin Verlander. Verlander's out for at least two weeks. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone else. All the names are escaping me, mm-hmm. but like I, Ronaldo I know, Lopez, Ronaldo right. Lopez, I think Scherzer was okay. Yeah, I want to say someone yesterday. I know there was another big name that just fell off. Um, besides the point. Let's well, speaking of COVID. Let's let's move of COVID, on. Yeah. How about the Some Marlins? Big COVID
0: news, exactly. Yeah. Trying, they're up They've to was it seventeen guys tested positive now between players apart. and coaches falling apart and two
1: Phillies personnel tested positive. Mm-hmm. They are trying to ruin baseball for us this year. Exactly,
0: and after getting off to such a good start, and Don two Mattingly and one
1: for the Marlins. Don Mattingly, did you hear what he did? No, I have. not He texted his shortstop asking if he should play that game. He didn't even make the decision. He texted oh. his shortstop and said, "Who was." He was the leader of the clubhouse, uh, said, do you think we should play this game? And they said yes, which is the wrong answer. If you had multiple players starting to pop up, you should have told someone and yeah, got that game canceled. That's irresponsible. Because now you're starting to see the effects of that as the Phillies and the Yankees series just got canceled. Exactly. And that, that's... It's just all
0: around Philadelphia now, basically.
1: Um, Anybody and, who
0: has anything, like, there's no baseball in Philadelphia until, what, like, this weekend and next weekend? Mm-hmm.
1: So you're you're hoping that they they can figure that out. Um, the Phillies only had two cases, thankfully, but you also got to worry about that incubation period. Exactly. And I I truly do not believe this will be enough to get that season canceled. I was listening to uh, six seventy to score, um, and they were talking about how they had someone on I can't remember his name that you're gonna sit here and try and convince me that twenty eight billion dollar owners are gonna let you cancel this season. If they have to exclude a team if they have to exclude a team from playing, they'll exclude a team before they cancel this season. There's no way I mean that
0: will be unfortunate if the Marlins are excluded. I mean of course it's it's only three games but Mm -hmm. you
1: know and I mean Manfred has the the ability to pull the plug when he's ready to pull the plug. Um let's move on to let's talk about the expanded
0: playoffs. Expanded playoffs Eight teams from from each league are making it now. I believe it's three three division winners and then five wild three division winners, I've, three second place teams, and two wild cards. Mm-hmm. I want to say. Yeah,
1: I think that's what it is. So it's top top two teams, and then the next top two in the league. So mm-hmm. um,
0: so technically four four teams from one division could make the playoffs. Yeah. So you could see, say, from the AL East, like every team but the Orioles. Which would be
1: are, which would be scary yeah. and you're talking think of the West. And the West. That, yeah, I was gonna that, say that, that more likely that could happen. Um but then yeah. again you also gotta think about how the records you might actually see it from a weaker division like the Central, who might get two of the wild card spots. Just because and the White Sox benefit a ton, if they can keep up with those Indians or the Twins and stay in that They'll definitely have that wild card spot because the the West is just going to beat up on each other, and the Central has the benefit of the Tigers, uh, the Royals, Tigers Royals. But again, um, those mighty Tigers,
0: mighty mighty Tigers. It's a hot start. T- I know, yeah.
1: It's a hot start, um, but it, it's definitely going to make for an interesting postseason. I'm I'm interested to see if they do it for next year too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm also interested too, but I'm hoping that. When we eventually do get back to regular baseball, that we go back to how it was in 2019, because I'm still on the fan, I'm still on the side where eight teams in the playoffs is too much, because as you see in the NBA, usually the eighth seed is oftentimes under 500. like I know Brooklyn, I think is the eighth seed, and they're like, what, like 40 and 42 or so, so, I mean, a team like that making the playoffs... Like, I don't really think it's worth yeah, it. but
1: it's not about how well the teams perform, it's about the money that the owners Yeah. At, yeah, at the end of the money. day, um the huge thing that I am definitely not miss, missing watching any games. Bring the DH then the NL. Bring
0: the DH to the NL. Bring That's the, another thing I where I disagree love it. with you. Yeah.
1: You haven't watched enough NL games. It makes much more interesting yeah. game. But the it's not bunts. Oh, it's the third inning. It's an easy out coming up. It's mm. going to ruin the inning. Like it. It's been fun to watch. It's and I'm watching this Cubs lineup. Every guy can hit that ball well. There are no easy outs right now, and that's mm-hmm. that's what's been fun.
0: But how exciting is it when John Lester comes up and he hits a homer?
1: Um, as someone who went to the Mariners game back in 2017, uh, where John Lester laid a sack or a bunt to walk off the game. See, and uh, now extra innings. That was awesome.
0: I won't miss it. You won't miss stuff I like that. I won't miss it because you know how often that happened? I know. Not very, <laughs> very rarely. I mean, the average pitcher probably bats like, what, like 130, if well, that.
1: John Lester was age 30
0: when he signed with the Cubs, if
1: I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah.
0: He's he's 36 now.
1: Uh, so 31. Yeah, so, and he got his first hit with the Cubs.
0: <laughs> he got his first hit with the Cubs.
1: If that tells you anything. It's, I mean, he's he's a great bunter, but you, I don't need that. I don't need any of that. You
0: don't need any of that. Not even, of course, the classic Bartolo Colon homering in San you Diego. You know
1: what? He's not even in the league, and he deserves to be, uh, so he, we'll he leave he it at that. He does deserve to be.
0: Uh, agree to disagree. Well, agree on that point.
1: Um, To bounce off the playoffs in the NL, uh, we have the heated Astros Dodgers matchup this Yeah, exactly. This and that was
0: quite the matchup to watch. Going thirteen innings yeah, before the, the, the two first, run homer to win it.
1: The first um lead off homer to RBI statistic change. Now you have more RBIs than uh lead off homers. Um I'm not a huge fan of the starting on second base, but I understand it for this, this season. That thirteen inning game was exciting. I actually watched a few I, innings I, of that I did myself. stay up, yeah. Um I'm talking Joe Kelly. Joe our Kelly. Our Lord and Savior right now. Yeah, basically, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, I know Joe there was a,
0: Sad Face Kelly. I know there was a few the, people the that threw at
1: the Astros during the exhibition games. I saw, I can't remember who threw it, but Joe Kelly gave us a meme for life. And without the fans being there to boo the Astros at every point and turn they go, man. Well, Thank you.
0: It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun campaign. I mean, of course, it is always bad to see you know a pitcher throw 95 mile per hour fastball at a batter's head, but in theory, it's fun to watch because the Astros deserve it. I I think it was earlier that game Alex Bregman got hit by a pitch mm-hmm. and as he was taking off his elbow guards and whatnot, you could see on his face where he's he like, he's like, you know, I deserve this. Yeah. Well, Bregman, yeah, no, Joe, Ke- Kelly, Joe Kelly, Kelly, Kelly yawned. Yelling. He, yeah, he threw Kelly. the pitch He yeah. yawned. But like on Bregman's face, he just sees like, you know what? I deserve this.
1: Yeah. And
0: he kind of does. I mean, again, you know, it is, you know, throwing 95 mile per hour fastball at a guy's head. I mean, but in theory, don't you know, cheat. Something yeah, don't cheat. <laughs> I exactly. think it was
1: Jock Peterson that said uh, someone asked him if there should be an asterisk next to um, the World Series champion of this year for the shortened season, whatever. Exactly. And Jock Peterson came out and said uh, they didn't cheat to get there, so cheat. no. <laughs> exactly, yeah. All right, Mike, I think this is a very successful second
0: episode. All right, yeah. Um, I mean, we definitely talked about it a lot. Also, be sure to check us out on our new Twitter page. The Crosstown Chatter podcast at X-Town Chatter. That's at X-Town Chatter.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to episode three, and uh, hopefully we can get this out a weekly basis.
0: Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully the network approves of another episode three. <laughs> I heard that there is a lot of debate in the meeting rooms for episode two, but hopefully episode three is greenlit.
1: All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Spotify.